for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. When you look back on your life, have you ever asked yourself, or realized rather, that that is actually what is happening? I mean, when we look at our lives, they seem a chaos, they seem a disorder, they seem something that we didn't choose, it all happened against our will. But maybe there's something far higher, far more significant, far more eternal that's happening. Let's look at that, shall we? Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in this book of Romans that is, I'll tell you, phenomenal. This book is laid out so carefully, so thoughtfully, so logically, and yet so inspirationally that it enables us to explore the whole of the Bible in the light of it. When we understand the book of Romans, we see the Old Testament anew. Everything becomes sharper, clearer, and has a more definite destiny and end point. The salvation of mankind, the salvation that Jesus has brought to the world. Well, I hope you'll listen in every Monday through Friday so you can catch the drift, and more than that, so that your faith can be trained because this broadcast is not simply for inspiration, but rather for training your faith. You can listen every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. But you can also listen any time of the day or night on your remote device, your smartphone, for example, while you're driving to work. Simply download SoundCloud uh, or key in SoundCloud com slash faithquest or download the SoundCloud app and then uh, go to Colin Cook at uh, How It Happens, How It Happens with Colin Cook. Oh, that's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? You can also do it on, um, uh, let's see, uh, Podbean, faithquest.podbean.com. Well then, we're looking at this passage. Remember, by the way, what Romans 8 is all about. It's life in the kingdom of grace. We are living Jesus' resurrection life because the power of death has been broken. Yes, we may die, but we will rise again. Yes, we may die, but death has no power to create that fear in us anymore because Christ has risen from the dead and made it clear that death is really only asleep of all things. So, when we look at Romans 8, we, are, we have that backdrop all the time of this being eternal life brought in again by Christ's resurrection and imparted to us by faith. And in the midst of this chapter is this statement that we're studying together, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Well, look, I will tell you that I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be where I am, that is geographically in Colorado, United States, when I was a young man. I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be a believer in Jesus Christ. I never believed, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would be a preacher or a teacher. 
When I was 15, I, was, I left school at 15 and got a job uh, in a newspaper office, and my plan was to become a reporter. I guess, in a way, I am a reporter today, aren't I? A reporter of the good news. But I was expecting to be a newspaper reporter in those days. And then something utterly surprising happened when I was uh, 16. I was interested in those days as a, as a teenager in flying saucers and astrom astronomy. Not astrology, but astronomy. I loved watching and looking th uh, through binoculars at the stars. And I went to a meeting that I thought was a lecture on flying saucers. It was called Men from Another World. But surprisingly, it was about the second coming of Jesus Christ. There was this man in a black suit and collar and tie standing up holding a Bible and preaching about the return of Jesus. I was utterly flabbergasted. I'd never heard this truth before, and I believed straight away. I was turned to Jesus Christ instantly at that moment. I devoured the Bible. I read and read and read these wonderful things, was amazed that people had not um, t that uh, my parents had not told me about these things. Well, of course, they didn't know about them themselves. And that led me to go to college about three years later, which was completely unplanned before becoming a Christian, and that led me into the ministry in England. And then the ministry ran out of money and couldn't afford to keep uh, certain ministers on the payroll. I was one of them that was dropped, and so I was sent to the United States to complete a course of study with the same church that I'd started with in England. And that led to being uh, a minister in New York City for three years. But then, because of my sins and failures, I lost the ministry. That wasn't planned. And then came um, the attempt, uh, my attempt, my, my uh, effort to develop the min a ministry of my own based upon my own personal struggles, because by then I had discovered the gospel, yes, I had already been in the ministry, but I think I was a legalist and a perfectionist, and at last I discovered the gospel. Still, it did not save me from my own struggles and habits for a long time, and I lost that self-supporting ministry. But then I got it back. I'm not, I'm not going into all the details. I just want to give a broad brushstroke here. And finally, um, developed a ministry that I'm sharing with you today by radio and uh, by counseling and uh, now presently by writing on how the gospel helps people in addiction. Now, let me, let me say this to you. Do you think I knew any of that ahead of time? Do you think I planned any of this ahead of time? No, I didn't. I look back and I see this, that God foreknew me. That is, he loved me in spite of all my failures and sins and destined me for his eternal kingdom. That is true for you also. And he did that, by the way, it says here, he destined me to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, I don't think that I'm anything like Jesus right now, but what I believe is that God is continually working on my life 
to help me to trust him and to know him and to walk with him. Now, if you should look back on your life and look at it from a secular, unbelieving point of view, I suppose you would say that, well, my life's been a disappointment or, well, I've fulfilled quite a number of the dreams that I had and I'm very satisfied or I'm in a good place now or some of you would say I'm in a very bad place now. But if you were to look at that life of yours and look back on it by faith and say, okay, I'm going to look at this life of mine from the point of view of God for knowing me before the creation of the world and for knowing me in the sense of loving me intimately to plan my eternal destiny. And since his ability is all-knowing to love me way ahead of my birth and my creation, I'm also going to believe that he has destined me that my life is a result of his choices, not mine. Now, if you look at life in that way, your life in that way, and start marking out, sort of detailing the markers, you will become astonished at the providence going on in your life. Now, you don't have to believe that you're doing marvelous things, or that you've become great and famous, or that your life is magnific magnificently significant because of the unique things you do. You can be as ordinary as Joe. But this is what's happening. In the ordinariness, God in his love and infinite ability to rescue you for his salvation God, in that ability, has directed your life. He has intervened. He has intercepted certain decisions that you were making and perhaps changed them for you or maybe intercepted them so that the result from your decisions is a different result from what you expected. Or he may have created a situation or brought about situations where he has let you go deep down into your losses, perhaps through addiction, perhaps through uh, disobedience, uh, whatever kind of departure from God you may describe it as. But in that downward trajectory... His grace meets you before you hit the ground, or maybe actually when you hit the ground. And then comes a new direction to your life. Now, with all this in mind, what are you to say? Well, what you are to say to yourself is this. I am going to thank God for his foreknowing me. I am going to thank God for predestining me. You see, I want you to take on this predestination idea with both hands. Don't be shy of it. Don't be nervous of it. This is not predestination of some while predestining the rest to hell. That's not the teaching of the book of Romans. Far, far from it. 
the teaching of the book of Romans is that the atoning work of Christ on behalf of all humanity has enabled God to destine the whole world for salvation because Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Not simply your sins, but everyone's sins, so that he can give the world a new opportunity, and not merely a chance opportunity, but a predestined opportunity. He is preparing the world for its complete redemption. This is the glorious message that we are coming across as we read the book of Romans. The whole of creation is groaning within, waiting for its adoption as sons and daughters of God, and that creation will see new life. So, you see, when you begin to believe this, then you look back and you see remarkable things that you hadn't noticed before, that things are taking place or did take place in your life that you didn't give much significance to previously, but now you see that was the, you realize that that was the intervention of God. That was the providence of God that led you to Jesus Christ. This pathway that you're on now may not have been the one that you chose, but the pathway that God chose, and on that pathway you came to meet the divine hand of God leading you and opening the way for you, even in the darkness of addiction, because addictions so very often take us to the foot of the cross. Well, thanks for joining me today. You know, it's a thrilling uh, subject, isn't it? By the way, did I give you the text? Do you, uh, you must follow this with your own Bible, will you? It's Romans chapter 8 and verses 29 and 30 that we were exploring today. If you'd like to help to keep the radio program on the air with your donations, it would be so much appreciated. Send them to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Well, thanks so very much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.